Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Saturday edition of Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you're having a very, very good start to your weekend. It is, of course, match day today. Um, just about, if you're watching it in the UK, 10pm kickoff tonight, Arsenal versus Manchester United over in the States, New Jersey. Uh, Arsenal looking to make it back-to-back wins in their US tour after that thumping 5-0 victory against the All-Stars a little bit earlier on in the week. Mikel Arteta has been speaking ahead of that match overnight UK time. So going to spend today's episode having a look at what he's had to say. He's been speaking about plenty of interesting topics, including the future of Thomas Partey, Nicolas Pepe. Uh, he's talked a little bit about the game tonight as well. So have a look at that. I will end by attempting to do a predicted 11. But as you, anyone who saw or listened to the episode for the MLS All-Stars game uh, will testify, I am going to be completely and utterly wrong because it is so hard to call a predicted 11 for a pre-season game. All right, let's get underway, shall we? And I think we have to start on Mikel Arteta's comments about Thomas Party. Now, he hasn't really spoken about this at all yet. All summer, this was the day that he came out and spoke amid all the speculation, all the um, stories about Thomas Partey and Saudi Arabia and was it going to happen? Is he going to stay? And Mikel Arteta was asked about it in his press conference and this is what he had to say on whether Thomas Partey was still in his plans. He said, Thomas Partey is a super important player for us and me and we want him to be in the team that is for sure. He was then asked again if they expect Thomas Partey to stay. He said yes. And then he was asked if there's been any conversations with Thomas about where his priority was. And he said no. Every time I spoke to him, every time I've had conversations with him, he wanted to stay with us. So there's nothing there at all. So very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word there to, to explain it. But, you know, very forthright, very certain comments there from Mikel Arteta you know it doesn't really leave any room for doubt I would say in terms of Thomas Partey's future it appears he is very much staying put now 
you know, I've spoken about this previously and I've always said that people that I've spoken to have been very close to Thomas Party have always said to me, he does not want to go. He wants to stay and um, be part of what's happening at Arsenal. Big reason why he joined the club in the first place, as I've sp- spoken about before, was he wanted to get Arsenal in the Champions League. Now they are there. He very much wants to be a part of it and seeing how Arsenal can get on in the Champions League. So that was always a position I believed um, we were in when it came to Thomas Party. Um, I think Arsenal had a massive, massive bid come in. They would obviously have looked at it, as I've said before, and taken everything into account and before making a decision. But there was never they were never pushing Thomas Party out the door or anything like that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really happy. I've said so many times, I think from a footballing point of view, you just do not sell Thomas Party. It just doesn't make doesn't make any sense. I think if you want to be strong, if you want to compete in the Premier League, you want to compete in the Champions League, you don't want to be weakening your squad and you're letting Thomas Partey go, you are weakening your squad, even with the additions that Arsenal have made this summer. You let Thomas Partey go, you are weakening your squad because you've got one of the world's best midfielders in his position in the squad. Why would you consider letting him go when you're just about going to Champions League? Obviously, for business reasons, I can see why a really massive offer would potentially make sense, but... Sometimes I think you've got to put, take business out of the equation at times and just think purely on a footballing point of view. And from a footballing point of view, you want Thomas Party in your side. The options that gives you, the strength and depth that that gives you, it's just huge. You know, you can play Thomas Party or you can play Declan Rice. You can rotate the two or you can play them both together, which I think is a really interesting option uh, as well, as I've spoken about before. You know, in a really big away game, you go, you have Thomas Partey at the... Um, at the base of your midfield there, protecting the back four, and then potentially you have Declan Rice playing in the number eight position alongside Martin Odegaard. The strength and the physicality and the potential dominance that that gives you in midfield is such an interesting um, thing for Mikel Arteta to consider. So I'm really, really happy with these comments. And uh, it looks like certainly for now that Thomas Partey is 100% staying and will be part of Mikel Arteta and Arsenal's plans for the coming season, which is really, really good news, I would say. But let me know, of course, what you guys think if you're watching this on YouTube in the comments below. Okay, so continuing a little bit on the Thomas Partey theme, um, Mikel was asked if he thinks that Thomas Partey and Declan Rice can play together. And, you know, as I was just saying previously, I really think they can. And I think it's a really interesting option that Arteta now has available to him, especially in some games where away from home where, you you know, you're probably not, you're going to struggle. You're going to be put under pressure. You know, your Anfields, your Etihads, your Stamford Bridges, your Old Trafford, those sort of places. And having those two, the, power that that gives you in the in midfield I think it's a really interesting option and Mikel says yes they can play together and that was in my plans if you want to improve the squad and have more quality we need players that can play together but we need players in the same position that have to fight for their places it's something that we haven't had over the last few years and we wanted to improve that and that's why we brought Declan as well really good response I thought that from Arteta and he absolutely covers it completely you want those players you want the option of being able to play them together but you also want players of that quality that ability competing for the same position as well, because that is just going to take the squad just up to that next level, which is where Arsenal need to be. Let's face it, Arsenal are at a very high level at the moment, but to go that one step further to get the trophies that we want, to really go for the Premier League title, to potentially have a good push at the Champions League, you need to go from here up to here. And that's what Arsenal, I think, when you look at the business they've been doing in the transfer window this summer, that's where they're trying to get to. And that's a really exciting thing. So, yeah, good comments, I thought, from Arteta on Rice and Party. Okay, so turning from Thomas to Nicolas Pepe, who we haven't seen anything of yet this summer, who hasn't even been back to Arsenal yet this summer. This is what Mikel said. I thought this was quite interesting. 
said at the moment he's recovering from an injury, which is why he's not here. He had a spell on loan and obviously we wanted to get much more than we got from that loan spell. We have to see when we come back, understand what the plans are and make the right decision for him. I, I don't know. I look at this and I think something just doesn't sit right on there. I think, why is he not at Arsenal? Even if he's recovering from an injury, surely you want him with club doctors. It doesn't make sense. Why would you still be away all the time? Surely if you've been away all the summer and you're still recovering from injury, you want to go back to the club that's paying your wages or the club that's paying your wages want you to be there so they can keep an eye on you. They can sort of monitor your progress coming back from this injury. It's, I don't know. It just doesn't. It kind of feels like manager talk that a little bit to me. <laughs> I think looking at it, obviously that's just opinion. That's not, I don't know that for a fact, but I just look at it and think it just feels a little, feels a little bit off. Other players have been injured this summer and they've been at Arsenal um, working on their recovery. And I don't know, I, I still, I, I just can't see there's any future for Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal at this summer. And I think what's, what will be going on behind the scenes right now is very much focused on finding some sort of solution to uh, to his situation. He's got a year left in his contract at the moment. There's no offers on the table. The links to Saudi seem to have fallen through a little bit. James Bench, I had on the show earlier on the week, had reported the interest from a Saudi club. That and Now he's reported that that interest has gone and they've moved on to other targets because they couldn't get close to a sort of agreeing personal terms type thing with Nicolas Pepe and um, and have moved on. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it just feels to me a little bit like manager taught that one from Arteta there, uh, kind of fudging the question a little bit, which is, you know, he's completely within his rights to do. But, yeah, it doesn't really clear anything up for me. It just still leaves questions over exactly why he's recovering from this injury and he's nowhere to be seen and not anything to do with, you know, the Arsenal medical staff aren't monitoring this situation at all. It just feels feels a little bit odd, but maybe that's just me and uh, thinking of conspiracy theories. But again, let me know what you guys think when it comes to Nicolas Pepe. Uh, Arteta was asked in the press conference whether there would any be, be any more sort of transfer business. He said, I don't know. Obviously, there will be movements still. There will be ins and outs. It's still very early. The market seems to be a little bit quieter in the last week or so. If we can improve the team, we will try to do so, but we don't get any weaker. So we have to be really cautious of that as well. Uh, and it is, I think it's that is not getting any weaker is it important. I think, you know, that's why I was talking about with Thomas Party. You just don't, from a footballing point of view, you just don't sell. Maybe from a business point of view, it makes sense. But from a football point of view, you're like, well, you're just totally weakening your squad there. And, you know, you kind of look at, even Kieran Tierney, again, I think, you know, a little bit different with Kieran because I just don't think Kieran Tierney's going to play. I know that Thomas Partey will play and he'll play a big part this season if he stays. To Kieran Tierney, the fact that Kivior at the moment is starting a left-back ahead of Tierney, you know, kind of sums it up. So, although I think it would be weakening your squad if you let Tierney go, if he's not going to play, even if he is in that squad, or he's barely going to play, even if he's in that squad, then, you know, maybe you have to consider it. But you don't want to let too many players go and end up weakening your squad too much. Um, but yeah, I still think there's going to be plenty of business being done by Arsenal, mainly on outgoings, but I absolutely wouldn't rule out incomings towards the end of the window once a few players have moved out the door. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Okay, match day, of course, tonight, 10 p.m. Um, kickoff UK time over in New Jersey at the MetLife Stadium at Manchester United versus Arsenal. Going to do my best to stay awake for this one. I'm out today. I'm heading up to London very, very soon for my mates leaving do. So going to have a fair few beers during the day, which tends to mean that uh, I will either fall asleep on the sofa <laughs> once I get home and fail miserably to watch this game. And I think the chances of that happening are probably going to be about 85%. But we shall see. I'll do my best to stay up and watch it. Uh, Mikel's been speaking. He spoke about the MLS game and, you know, what this one is compared to that and, you know, the next stage of the progress this preseason. He said, every game is a test, obviously, although we had a very good result against the All-Stars. Uh, there are things we can manage much better than we did in that game. We drew our positives from it, especially as we won it. Tomorrow's test will be something very different against a team that's used to playing together and are big rivals for us in the Premier League. So it will be amazing at that stadium with a full house, incredible atmosphere, and it will be a really big test to see where we are. Yeah, it's going to be a completely different um just a completely different game. This one, the All-Stars game, like Arteta said, they were playing against a sort of group of players who were thrown together, barely any time to get used to each other or anything like that. Um, and, you know, Arsenal put them to the sword. This time they're placing a Man United side who are in a completely different situation. And uh, it's going to be a really, really difficult game, really interesting game. I'm intrigued to see who's going to start in this one. Um, you know, are we going to see Timber from the start? Are we going to see Havertz from the start? Will we see Declan Rice from the start? Martinelli, is he going to come in? There's so many things for Mikel Arteta to consider um, going into this game in terms of the starting eleven. We haven't seen, you know, Martinelli hasn't started a match yet. Havertz hasn't. He came on in both the games. You know, Rice only came on against uh, the All-Stars. Timber as well, and he came on against the All-Stars. Are we going to see those guys get their first start? It must be. As we're getting closer to the end of the tour and we're getting closer to coming back to England, you know, I think Arteta is going to really try and get start sort of getting as many minutes into his potential starting eleven for the start of the season. Get more and more minutes into into the game. We saw Leandro Trossard limp off in the game against the All Stars. Mikel did give an update on him in the press conference, which was a very positive one. He just said that he's fine and he trained yesterday and he's fine. So that's good to see. Trossard's been a bit unlucky so far. He's limped off for the last two games in, in preseason against Nuremberg and against the All-Stars. So fingers crossed he can stay uh, injury-free and complete the game against United because Trossard's looked very, very bright, I think, in preseason so far. So, yeah, sort of looking at who might play in this one, you think, what's the start of 11 going to be? Will Ramsdale start in this game? You think he probably will. You know, White started against the All-Stars. Will this be the time we see Timber? I think it might. I think he might try and get a start, sort of get 60 minutes into Timber's belt. So this is my predicted 11 for the game. Remember, it's going to be wrong. It's definitely going to be wrong. But let's just have a go anyway, just in case I can hit the bullseye. Um, Ramsdale and goal. I'm going to go Timber, Saliba, Gabriel and Kivior as the back four. Um, I'm going to say Declan Rice, I think, might make his debut in this game. So I'm going to go Declan Rice, Odegaard and Havertz. And then I'm going to go Saka, Jesus, Trossard. 
that's who I'm going to go for. I think Martinelli again might be on the bench for this one. I think Trossard might well start. So that's my predicted 11 for today. You can all laugh at me tomorrow in the comments how wrong that's going to be. So Ramsdale, Timber, Saliba, Gabriel, Kivior, Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, Saka, Jesus, Trossard. There's my predicted 11 for tonight's game. Okay, let's move on to some of your questions, stroke comments, shall we? I thought this was an interesting one from Stolshier. It says, hey, Charles, time to talk about the wages. What do you think made Arteta pay Kai almost 300k sterling? Let's compare him to Pepe signing a few years back. Similar price, but Pepe was in much better form and demand, and his salary is half that. What gives? And I keep hearing this term, wage structure. What is that exactly when Saka gets paid less than Jesus, Havertz, Rice and Partey? Jesus and Havertz never went beyond talented youngsters. Rice and Partey are basically unproven at the highest level. Um, I'm not sure about that. So why are they allowed to ask for more and more importantly get this out? Well, first of all, I don't believe the Havertz stuff. Obviously, I saw those reports come out from Germany, but I don't, I don't believe he's on anything like the wages that, that, that was reported from there. I just cannot see Arsenal agreeing to that. I don't think he was in any position to demand those sort of wages. And, you know, Arsenal have worked a lot to worked hard to really get a sort of control on their wage bill. I just don't see him giving him that. But he'll be on very high wages. Make no mistake about it. He's coming from a Premier League club where he was being paid a fortune. So you're going from Premier League club to Premier League club. You're going to be on equally a high wage in, in London. So, but he's, I don't think it's anything like what we've seen um, before. And I think a lot of these numbers as well, you have to take into account. They're all, cons- you know these will sort of include all the incentives they could possibly hit. So any sort of bonuses all added together that could potentially get them to this, I don't know, 300 grand a week number, but their basic rate of, rate of pay will be nothing like that. That's taken into account all of the potential bonuses that they would have to hit, like score a hat trick, play 90 minutes. I don't know, score a header. It just all these sort of weird things that go in that sort of added incentives into these um incentives i think i think incentives there uh into <laughs> into contracts um you talk about saka there look i think saka's going to be out there with the highest paid again i don't know exactly what he's getting paid we don't get divulged that stuff we see these kind of numbers that are banded around but again i don't know the flat rate that bakaya saka's on but he is now with his new contract he'll be right up there you talk about jesus you know i mean he came from manchester city he's a four-time premier league winner he's 24 years old he was always going to get a very big contract um, yeah, I mean, you say compare Havertz to Pepe. Pepe was in much better form and demand. Pepe wasn't in that much higher demand. That's why Arsenal ended up getting him and others didn't. Arsenal just paid a ridiculous amount of money for a player who wasn't worth that amount of money and gave him silly wages for it. And the person who led the move for that has ended up losing his job pretty quickly afterwards. Um, you know, and that's not me having to go at Pepe. It's just, that's just, it was just not a very good deal for the club. And people have... You know, it's been pretty clear since that happened. Um, you know, Havertz is a Champions League winner. He's a fully fledged international. It's, it's, t- it's tough to really explain it because I just don't think some of the wages that you're seeing that you're talking about here are actually correct as well. Um, you know, you talk about Thomas Partey. He came over. Of course, he was going to get a really high high wage. He was a Champions League player coming to a club who were in the Europa League, who'd fallen away from the Champions League, was scrambling around in the bottom half of the Premier League table, pretty much, at that point. And you were taking him away from a Champions League club. You're going to have to pay him big, big wages to come and play for a Europa League club uh, at that stage. So that's how they could get that sort of amount. And Declan Rice, you know, he was wanted by everyone. He's an England international, a future England captain. 
coming from a Premier League club to another Premier League club, and he was wanting my Manchester City. Of course, he's in a position to ask for massive wages, just just the way of the world right now. Um, so yeah, I kind of fumbled my way through that to be honest, because I I'm really quite I don't think the question um, is kind of based on on fact to be honest. I think you're kind of basing it on stuff you've seen and stuff you've read, but it's just stuff that I don't really believe. Uh, here's one from Lathy22 says, hi, Charles, big fan of the channel for a couple of years now. Thank you very much. Uh, my question is, would it not make more sense to look for a number nine or a false nine instead of looking for a sub for Saka? Now that we have uh, Jesus, who I see is only equalish sub to Saka in our squad and also given the limited options for good right wing in the market. Uh, and a follow up to that, how would you compare the price for Hoyland, um, whom, according to Fab, is priced at 70 million euros compared to Balogun's 35? And with that interest price, or do you rate Balogun high? Yeah, look, starting on the Hoyland, look, I think that that what Hoyland appears to be close to going for, or what the kind of price that his is being set for him by Atlanta, has completely changed my mindset in terms of what Arsenal should be asking for for Balogun. You know, initially I was like 30 million is probably all right for Balogun, given he's only had one good year in France. But looking at what potentially Hoyland could be going for has completely changed my mind. I think Arsenal are well within their rights to ask for 50 million pounds. And I, you know, would I want Hoyland? I don't think so. I think what's the point in signing a young up and coming promising striker when you've already got a young up and coming promising striker. Uh, so I wouldn't really be looking at that. No. Um, and when you said, is, does it not make more sense to look for a nine or a false nine? Well, I think Arsenal have got a couple of false nines in that squad now. So I'm not sure it really does because Trossard can play there and he can play there very, very well. We saw that last season. Havertz can play there and I think he'll be able to play there very, very well as well. So I think they've already got a couple of false nines, but they don't still have... Yes, Jesus can play on the right. Havertz potentially can play on the right. But I still think if I had my choice, I would be targeting uh, an area. I would tar be targeting that area to improve before the end of the window. But thank you very much for your question, Lathy. Uh, here's one from... Hakun, uh, I can't even, I don't know how to pronounce that properly, but thank you very much for your question. You say, hi, Charles Mbappe, any chance, even just for fun, how would we line up with a Frenchman? Uh, any chance? No. I don't, I don't want to say no, because who knows anything can happen in football. We could be completely surprised. Uh, but no, <laughs> he's going to go around Madrid. I think we all know he's going to go to Real Madrid. Uh, I, obviously, what's going on at the moment looks like PSG are going to try and do their best to get him out the door this summer and get some money in for him. But Mbappe's got all the power here. He's got all the strength. Is it uh, PSG really going to not play him and let him sit sit in the stands for a year if he chooses not to sign for anyone this year? I, I doubt it. I think they've got to play him. They're paying him half a million pounds a week or whatever. It is ridiculous. So, you know, they can be try and be forceful in the market all they want. The power's with Mbappe. He's got a year left in his deal. If he wants to see that out and join Real Madrid on a free transfer, which I'm pretty sure he does, then that's what he's going to do. And I think PSG won't really back down and he'll still play for them next season anyway. So any chance? No, he's going to Real Madrid. I'd be absolutely stunned if Mbappe is not playing for Real Madrid next after PSG. How would we line up with a Frenchman? Well, I'd, I don't, I'd play him up front. I'd play him as a central striker, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I'd have I'd stick with the three behind him now and Jesus would have to go on the bench, I think. I'd have, I'd have him on the as a central striker. Obviously, you can play him on the left-hand side as well if Excellent. That'd be like another, it'd be like Thierry on reclone. Um, and would I have him over Martinelli as much as I love Martinelli? Yes, I would. But no, it's all hypothetical, is it? Because let's face it, it's not going to happen. Okay, last one here before I end today's show. Steve Ray says, hi, Charles. I've recently discovered your show and I'm really enjoying it. Thank you very much for that. He said, what are your thoughts on Tommy Asu's role in the squad for the upcoming season? With the addition of Timber and Kivior, it seems like they'll be first choice rotation for White and Zinchenko, respectively. He's been unlucky with injuries since he joined. 
But when he played in the 21-22 season, I thought he looked good. Sell, loan or keep? Would love to know your thoughts. Keep, 100%. I'd keep Tomiyasu. I think he's still got a big role to play this season. He can play right back, centre back, left back. It's exactly what you want. Versatile player who can play all those positions very, very well. Um, And I think he'll play. I think he'll have to play. It's a squad game. There's going to be games to play. And um, I think he'll play. He'll still play plenty of games. You know, he was still, even though he was kind of down the pecking order a little bit last season, he was always the first choice sub, really. He was always the first sub. When he was fit, he was the first sub who came on in those games. You know, he was still a key player in the squad. And, and um, you know, I think Kivio seems to be doing pretty well as a, a in that sort of left-back role when he's playing. But I think right now I'd still probably prefer Tim, Tommy Asu there, I think. Um, but either way, I think Tommy Asu has still got a big, big parts to play this season. So I'd 100% keep him. Thank you very much. That's the end of today's show, everyone. Really do appreciate you joining me. Like I said, have a fantastic weekend wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Have Enjoy the game tonight. If you're going to the game over at the MetLife Stadium, enjoy it. Create a fantastic atmosphere. The All-Stars game sounded amazing. Really looking forward to hearing the atmosphere you guys can create tonight as well. So have a great time and I'll speak to you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 